Hey, Jason, Julia Hampton and Julia E. Hampton CPA PC have been your trusted sources for local tax preparation, payroll, and business services right here in town for more than 20 years. All hail the tax goddess, Julia Hampton. If you do not have a tax strategy heading into 2019, you need to call Julia Hampton today, 816-554-0394. Hello again, and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I'm Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who isn't sure if it's art, but he's sure he likes it. It's Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. You know, I'll know it when I see it. That's the way it is. Link to Lee Summit, as always, is the source for all the news you need about this very fine city. And today's unofficial sponsor is the Dash KC K5K. It's still to this weekend in Kansas City, Kansas. You have to come and sign up. You know, if I had good sound effects, there'd be a rec- record scratch. We'd all come to a screech. Now, what are you doing pimping KCK stuff on this show? Every now and again, you got to work your job into the process. So there we go. Well, look, first, I'm docking your pay. Second, folks, if you feel the need to actually leave Lee Summit, which, why? Head on out. It's a good time out there, but why? Dash KCK.com. All right, that's enough of you. Okay. Hold back your paycheck. A year and a half, and that is the first time I've actually pimped my own job in the in the middle of the podcast. So I feel as though I get I get a, at least one freebie. All that's right. That's your mulligan. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last week, um, since we didn't really talk because we were – last week we did the whole – uh, bridge space show we really didn't talk about anything that was going on that was fun by the way yeah it was good not to not to have to talk about the soap opera at all but stuff and, was, and stuff it, is it, gonna it, happen it did but we had a good time last week it was a neat a neat opening it was a great party it was nice to see some uh get to talk about some good development and things happening around town so it was a good little break it was it, the only way that whole event could have been improved one word nick tacos tacos I need to apologize. I need to make an apology to the people. What's that? We've now gone two weeks without the taco review board. And I realize that it's probably an unsuccessful bit, except for, you know, success for my tummy. Mm-hmm. And so really what you're saying is you're apologizing to your stomach. I, I, I am, but I, you know, I feel like it was something we were doing for the people. And, and, and now I feel like I've let the people down. Well, you know what that means? We're going to have to buck it up. Double tacos this weekend. And try to taco it up as best we can uh, <laughs> over the weekend to do that. Maybe we should do that while my son mows your lawn instead of sitting on the porch and drinking mocking. Uh, yeah, I like that I, uh, I have uh, little Norberry has now started the mowing, mowing my lawn business. Like Except that. he's taller than me now, so he's not really the little Norberry anymore. <laughs> but you, you, you can still take him down. He still doesn't stick out of the ground far enough to take daddy. I, I told him that even if he got bigger and stronger, I would cheat. And I have wisdom and experience on my side. So cheat, by the way. But wisdom experience means cheat. Right. Well, to get back to what you started, we, we are going to get back to council a little bit this week. Um, last week was a little interesting. They, they, uh, they did something they don't normally do. They talked about a ballot issue coming up on the state election in November. Did they talk about weed? No, Jason. Oh. No, Jason. 
I want to talk about weed, man. No, Jason. We talked about gas tax. Now, look, this doesn't sound exciting or sexy. But because I wanna, it's not. Because it's not. But I want to thank the council because, you know what? It was a good reminder, Jason, that we've got to start talking about the issues and the things coming up on the ballot. So we're going to do that right now. And we're going to do a little bit each week just to get everybody ready because as the city council told us last week, you, the listeners and voters in Lee Summit, need to be informed. So Jason, let's start with this. What is Proposition D? Okay, so there are, I think, if I count it correctly, as of right now, subject to litigation that is ongoing, there are seven ballot issues on the ballot this fall, in addition to all of your midterm general election stuff that will be going on. So Prop D uh, proposes to raise Missouri's tax on the sale of gasoline for automobiles um, by a total of 10 cents over the next four years. So it would take it from its current rate, which is right at 17 cents a gallon, up to 27 cents a gallon, and I think it's 2022. Um, that's the basics. So um, it, it's pretty simple. The money is to be split between uh, law enforcement, uh, money for law enforcement, I think mostly highway patrol, state trooper type things, and uh, money for road construction. And I think that's why the city raised this particular issue on, on their uh, agenda last week is because the money for road construction would have a knock-on effect, something on the order of a million dollars uh, to be that would end up in Lee Summit projects um, through the course of that that tax. So I think that's why it was a an issue that they want people to be informed on, um, though they very, very assiduously did not express an opinion on whether or not you should vote for it. They walked a thin line, they did it very well, and they brought up a good point. You need to be informed. You do need to be informed. And they talked about the thin line. I mean, to get this, I want to say, we, we, gave, we have given a lot of stick to the council in its various iterations over the last year and change. And, and this was an interesting conversation. Council Member Johnson raised the issue of why are we talking about this? We never do this sort of thing at the council level. Um, it was responded to, Councilmember Binney, Councilmember Forte, Mayor Baird, all had conversation about it, and then they had a vote. So it was very, it was, this subject was raised, they talked about why they wanted to do it, what they were actually saying or not saying, and then they held a vote, and it, and it went on, and it passed 9 nothing. So I kudos to the council for not only tackling the issue at hand, but tackling the issue sort of around the issue, and doing it in a productive way. It was productive, it was transparent, it was good. Wow, we've been saying this a lot lately. Good on you to the council. There it is. Hey, this week, before we get to our special guest, this week is a work session, which usually means for everybody else, boredom, right? Uh-huh. But there's, again, something interesting happening here. So at this work session, we're gonna be talking about, I say we, we're gonna be watching them talk about, the council will be talking about development and strategic planning for the future. There's actually two things on there, but they're both kind of related to the same thing. This is, this is going to be a good opportunity for people to pay attention because there are going to be many chances now for people to have their voice heard 
and their thoughts and opinions on the future evolution and development of our community. So I think that uh, we want to be clear on the two things, and, and we think they are different, but obviously they're related to one another. One is uh, essentially a renewal or redo of the strategic plan, uh, which we use, we called uh, ten, or in 2009 when it came out, Lee Summit 360, um, and they're, they're using a, uh, a different name for it this time, uh, but they're hiring a, a, uh, a consulting firm to help lead the citizen input project for that. And last time, for those of you who don't remember or weren't involved in the 360 process, there were no shortage of committees and boards and groups of people that were brought together specifically for the purpose of tackling one section or another of this planning process. And so I would anticipate some real good discussion and, and uh, lots and lots of opportunities for people to really have input in that process. The other one is I think a little bit more directly related to what's called the comprehensive plan, which is a plan about the nature of development uh, in Lee Summit. So which is a, a comprehensive plan is you, a city has to have this by state law and it must be updated. It doesn't say when or how often, but you right. have to have a comprehensive plan and it has to be updated every and, and technically, oddly enough, the planning commission is the approving body for that, not the city council. It's really? a thing I knew. Yeah, that's the great power wheel. Now, it's a, it's it's offset. I will say this: it is offset by the uh, city council's capacity to say pass a budget uh, and fund the things in the comprehensive plan. So obviously, it requires a lot of cooperation and and other things um, to to go along with that whole process. But as a an odd little technical thing, the planning commission is actually the comprehensive plan approving body. Go figure. Um, Guys, we all learned something new today. We all did learn something new today. So that's coming out. And, and then the process in their presentation, um, we took a look at, has a lot of opportunities, again, for citizen input. On, so we're going to be able to talk about the nature of development and what kind of stuff we want and where we want it to be and how we want it to be structured. And all of those questions uh, that we've tackled occasionally when we talked about apartments and certain developments and incentives and all that kind of stuff going forward, we'll have people have opportunities to talk about all of that as it goes there. So in the next year, um, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for citizens to have their voice heard and to get themselves involved in this process. We will try to keep track of it and give um, points when you can contact your council members and the mayor to uh, get yourself involved in these projects. I think that probably about covers all of the things going on with city council right now. Jason, we're going to switch over to an interview we did with a couple of guests. It is arts in education week. So we had guests from the R7 school district. We had Janine Akins and Amy Frisia join us to talk a little bit about art programming in the Lee summit school district and how that plays a role in, in educating our kids. And a couple of guys, an interview with a couple of guys who really don't know art that well. Um, I think it was fascinating to learn about not only like where art can take you in terms of your general like learning of capacities, but how they learn about art and to do and improve their art it was really fascinating to me. So this is now this is our interview with Janine. Hey.
We are here with Janine Aikens, the 7th through 12th grade art department chair for the R7 school district, and Amy Frisia, the K through 6 art department chair for the Lee Summit R7 school district. Ladies, how are you today? Good. Good. Really great. Excellent. Good to hear. Uh, so we, we just wanted to kind of uh, talk a little bit about art and, and what goes on um, in the district and, and that we've got a lot of this is Arts and Education Week, or it will be when this, this particular interview airs. And so we wanted to bring some of that um, to our podcast. So we have something to talk about other than our boring nerdery about what City Council is doing. So, Nick, you get to start. All right. Well, this is fun for me because the, one of the two reasons we do this show is encouraging people to be involved. And I think any time we can talk about kids and the importance of being involved in different mm-hmm. things is good. So we can start with the arts, which is obviously... A lot of different things, um, but you guys both are teachers as well as, do we call you administrators too? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with no, big bosses <laughs> because that's more fun. Um, so I want to talk just a, just a little bit, I guess, from, from your perspectives uh, of, of the importance of including arts, arts in education and encouraging more kids to, to try different things. Well, I'll start off and say I think the R7 kids are really, really lucky to have the classes that we offer that we we have in the three middle schools, the three high schools, and then um, the direction that they get at the elementary level. The high school level, the kids have the opportunity to take ceramics, painting, drawing, graphic design, and when they come in as young high school kids, then they have the option of taking a foundations class or a visual arts class, which is elevated for those ninth graders. So what we do is just expose them to a ton of things, lots of materials, and again, your tax dollars are paying for all the supplies that these kids are using. So they come in and they have the opportunity to explore. um, And they just get to make choices, lots of fun choices. And we push the idea of being responsible and self-motivated and um, trying to be independent thinkers and figuring out things and we teach them how to walk through the process of critiquing their artwork or having their peers critique their artwork. So bottom line is one of the district goals is to prepare them for post-high school. And uh, this is our little way of helping in the art department. Learning to constructively critique your own work is a hard, hard lesson. It is. When I, I'm really good at destructively critiquing my own work. The <laughs> constructive part that's is a little bit easy. Lesson. Yes, that's an easy lesson that I've learned well, but the other one is more challenging. Well, and I think when the kids are younger, we toot their horn and we will say, that's lovely, that's gorgeous, oh, you're so talented. And by the time they get to high school, we're going to soften that blow a little bit and say, that's nice work you've done, but where are some strengths, where are some areas that you can grow in, Go ahead, Amy. I was going to say, and it also goes back to like a learning target and an objective. So it's easier to have kids critique if they know that they tried some things, that they're showing perspective, whatever your objective was with the lesson. It's it's easier to put it more on the objective or more on the outcome. Correct. Then it being you mean personal. it's not because you're a talentless hag. It's right. because you're trying this thing and maybe you can do it better in the future. Right. Oh, okay. We should try that with each other, Nick. That'd be a fun <laughs> thing to get. That, that's not our person. <laughs> that's going to ruin our shtick. It's going to ruin the shtick on the podcast, but we're going to go from there. You know, that leads to, I've always thought, how would you, how would you ever as a teacher, and look, there are a million reasons why I could never be a teacher, and you can ask my wife, who is a good one, but mm-hmm. how do you grade art? I mean, because... It's just so 
Well, there's I, no way to do a for me uh, to do a checklist of things and like meet this criteria. There, there are a well, bunch I, of different yeah. ways yeah. to. Criteria. They're about to tell you you're Go wrong. Ahead. Well, oh, I, no, I get told I'm wrong a lot, so it's constructive. <laughs> oh, wait, this is constructive <laughs> criticism that you're getting right yeah. now. You could have done this question better, Nick, and here's how. <laughs> yeah. At the elementary level, in the Lee Summit School District, we don't actually grade, but we do give constant feedback. So um, a lot of our teachers use, again, related to their learning target about what they were doing. So sometimes it's on the back of their artwork. Sometimes they're having conversations about their artwork. I know we all, as elementary teachers, put artwork up in the hall and we have conversations i've i personally have had um a blue ribbon art show before where every kid in the building then went and gave a blue ribbon you know so there's a bunch of different ways to do it by the time they get to middle school they know that grades are coming so we kind of soften them into it some of our teachers start grading in sixth grade just to give them feedback to know what middle school well and they get past and we teasingly say in some of the classes it's more than pretty or not pretty you know, yeah. there's absolute criteria that we grade their work on. And right now I have two freshman classes. And I'll say... You poor um, woman. <laughs> I know. Patience. <laughs> but, um, for example, um, we, we're finishing up on an assignment where they're using feathers. And so, number one, did they do a clean contour drawing? for their feather drawings. Did they add some details? Did they have a lot of variety? Did they use asymmetrical balance? And we preview that and we'll review the other types of balances. So there are criteria that we use. And then before I actually grade it or whatever, sometimes we will pass that work around and I will have the students critique each other's work because we've got the objectives listed on the board or the essential standard or the learning target that we have all concrete items that we have in the district so it's way past pretty or not pretty and they're able to see have I met that type of balance have I met that type of drawing have I met um, the detail work or am I really really looking at what it is we're doing and nine times out of ten the kids will be harder on other kids mm -hmm. than we or at least Amy that's what I have found mm -hmm then we are we maybe will soften it a little bit but boy those kids they don't pull any punches like that's not so red hot you need to go back and i mean they will is that you know. is that a good thing absolutely yeah how does that i mean you were talked about part of the the goal for um all of the classes in our seven is to prepare for life past high school how did what these are skills that you're teaching them i think in, in this way in this in in art and I admit to know, knowing very little about art, like as a technical matter. Mm -hmm. um, how do those skills translate going forward? What are they? What are they gaining that they're going to be able to use beyond? beyond well, I their think the critiques that the kids do in class when you ha are out their first job, working in a team, working together, being able to communicate, or problem solving at work. How do you work with other people? How do you have that kind conversation? about something on ways that pieces could be in, improved. And I'm sure the little kids probably have ideas, Well, and too. too, like when you look at what businesses want, what people want, what comes up over and over and over are creative problem solving, which mm -hmm. is absolutely what we do. You know, here's, here's a situation. What are the ways you can do it? Or when you put up all the artwork on the wall, the objective was to make a landscape. Well, there's... 75 different landscapes so it it is helping them think differently about everyday and items. making various choices and getting yeah. feedback from other people we can't expect kids to go out in the world 
and not have these skills or not to have tried them with other people their own age, um, it, it's difficult because a lot of the times we will generalize and say their hands have been held a little bit too much. And so it's kind of scary for some kids to get out of high school and they think things are dramatically going to change. The minute they walk across the stage after graduation, they're not coming back into the, the building. And I'm, I'm pretty blunt. Nope, you're going to get up the next day. And you got to work. you got to do something. You're going to maybe think about going to school. What is it you're going to do? And then you have to become your own self-advocate. So you need to be a self-advocate about your work, whether it's math, science, English, art. Promote that. And um, hopefully that's our little way of preparing them for the real world. Is it hard to, I guess, what's the, the kids that aren't naturally creative? Oh, I or love the, those kids. <laughs> or the kids who maybe are creative but fear the feedback. How do you, pull, and you probably see it more as younger, mm-hmm. because by the time they get to Eugenine, they're, it's an elective, they're choosing it, it, to be there. Amy's broken them at that point, and they're fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you break them? <laughs> Or actually, actually, how do you fix them? Because I think what we've all seen in studies is we kind of mold that creative part out of them as they get older a right. little bit. So how yeah. do you, how do you kind of promote? Well, promote when it? I, yeah. whenever I look at the whole district, so we have about four or five teachers that are promoting tab based, which is teaching for artistic behavior. So those kids in those buildings make all their own choices. So they can decide, I want to be an architect, so I'm going to do all of my stuff about, around architecture. And then they still have their checklist of their objectives. Um, I personally start in third grade teaching them about art history. And if I get any grumbling about it, I always say, when you grow up and you go on a date, you're going to look so smart knowing all <laughs> this stuff about art history. We do that at the high school level, yeah. too. So, uh, it's, probably more, it's probably a little bit more immediate at the high school level. Yeah, yeah. I get a lot of, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to go ever go on a date. Um, so it's really easy to rope those kids in with, you just find out what their interests are, you know, when we can... Um, today, what did we talk about forever that was like, this is not really art, but it's so cool. Let's keep talking. Oh, we were talking about spiders. And then we went into Louise Bourgeois and we looked mm-hmm. at a bunch of spider videos. And then, you know, you can get them on the gross. You can get them on the interesting. Some of them, you know. And Louise's sculpture is the huge spider in front of the Kemper okay. gallery. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Hey, wait, there's mm-hmm. art I've seen. Good job by me. Uh, <laughs> you know, you just said... You said you love those kids. When I was talking about the kids that aren't yes. actually creative, what, what is it about? That pull, is it a I, challenge for you? Is that it what is a you? challenge, I think, and it's also, I want, it's probably a challenge. I want to s- make them see that this is for everyone. So especially kids who have me in third grade when we talk about why art starts and why does the world have art at all and wh- why do we need art. And so every year in third grade, I, we're a nomadic tribe and we're in the Lascaux Caves and then I die. So they're always like, you died. Remember you died? You know, <laughs> so I can r- rope them in somehow. And there's, you know, we can, you can look at Jackson Pollock and say, mm-hmm. you don't have to draw something perfect, you know. Mm-hmm. Non-objective, abstract. Whatever. Right. Look, yeah. my messes, though, are never as cool looking as, as what he does. That's usually because I poured them down my shirt <laughs> or anything else. Look, spilt salsa can be all art, yeah, too. That's art. That's <laughs> art. I think that is our milieu, actually. It's spilt tacos, taco fillings as well, we go through. Well, so. I was going to add one thing, too, good about the arts when you were saying those kids that aren't very good. Remember, in the district, not only can they take art, they can take music or they can take theater. So they have a choice. There's one fine art credit that they need for graduation. 
So when I um, have kids at the very beginning, I'm saying, why did you take this class? And some of them are very honest and say, I need the credit. And then others will say, I don't like to sing. And the right. others will say, I don't like to act. So you get those lucky kids who may be out of the three were the less of the three evils. When I, so. when I student taught, a kid told me, you have to stand in choir. You have to stand in music. <laughs> yeah. So I picked we art get all so I kinds could sit of, down. <laughs> we get all kinds no, that of. That sounds like a decision I'd make. I had yeah. to stand up. I didn't yeah. want to do that yeah. 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 I think culturally it's easy for kids to, I'm going to go back to just extracurricular and mm -hmm. things in, in, in general. Um, it's easier for kids to choose sports and things. Do you in arts and music and, and theater and those things, do you find yourself trying to recruit a little bit? Do you need to recruit? Do you need to draw in more kids? I don't know that we necessarily recruit, but something we have seen at the high school level, we have more females than we do males. And we don't, we're not really sure why. Um, that's a whole different podcast, honestly. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know. No. And then, two, it's select. We offer so much. Sometimes, even though we might have kids that are really interested in taking art classes, they are a little bit more interested in music. And so the pathway that they have to choose, sometimes they, they don't have time to take art classes. So they just have to go their way. And then they can pick up a couple of art classes in summer school if they're interested in just getting their finger wet and trying different classes. So it just just depends. All right. Well, so we're going to um, – obviously, most of us don't get to just go wander through the schools at random to see student art. So I know that, uh, Janine, you um, work with the high school students to put art in the Summit Art Festival. We do. Um, and, and also um, there's some projects that go along with that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, the Summit Art Festival is coming up this year, October 12th, 13th, and 14th. And – Part of what R7 adds to that is the R7 um, Student Pavilion, which will be down by the Historical Society this year. And we have artwork completed by students grades 7 through 12. And then what we do is we pull judges from the Summit Art nonprofit organization that's here in Lee Summit to come in and judge the work. And so we take the teachers totally out of it. You know, so they don't they don't have any preference at what they are, are seeing. And then we give out um, first, second, and third prize. And then the judges will also pick one middle school student to have best of show out of the three middle schools. And we do the same thing for the high school. And then we also have on Saturday mornings roughly from 10 to 1 what's called Stuck on Art. And in years past um, in downtown Lee Summit, we did chalk walks. And then we've had different venues where we partook of that and when it came back to having the art show in downtown Lee Summit we kind of ran out of sidewalk space so what could we do a little bit differently and came up with the idea of and you know artists we are always recycling the banners the four foot by eight foot banners that got our gallery had and was using for advertising if you look at the back of them they're blank so what could we do with those so we decided our marking tool would be black masking tape so the kids would have a theme, and the only tools they could use were a pencil to sketch in an idea, or teams of kids. Um, and then they, the day of Stuck on Art, they use black masking tape to fill in the area so we have real high contrast. Um, and this year we're lucky Dr. Carpenter, our superintendent, is going to uh, give out the prize for the best middle school and also for the best high school. That has been one of my favorite things to watch every year down at the So you've Fest. seen it? Yes. Yes. It's it's cool. You've done it for... We've done it since 2013. Yeah. 
Yes, so five years. This is our fifth year of doing it. And Lisa at Arts Council has been very gracious, and we've been awarded um, the $500 mini grant for the last five years. So that helps us purchase supplies, and we're not taking any supplies out of the teacher's um, classrooms. Now, uh, just a point of full disclosure, both Janine and I are on that Arts Council. She recuses herself so she doesn't vote on that. Oh, yes. I, I do just, not. I just want... <laughs> and Nick, votes against, Nick votes against them all because he's on there to be the curmudgeon. That is my role everywhere I go. There we go. So. Yeah, yeah. So I hope everybody can come down and, and see. It's fun. We have a lot of activities going on. After the Stuck on Art, we've got National Art Honor Society kids who are going to be down by the student pavilion and painting faces. And if parents would like to give a little donation, then that goes back to the National Art Honor Society kids, and they put it in a little scholarship. That is really cool. That's that very cool. cool. That one, that I didn't know about, and that's very cool. Mm -hmm. now, now, she obviously has some cool stuff going on at the secondary, so I'm going to look at you and Amy. Are there some, some neat programs you want to brag about in the elementary world? Um, we, well, Janine has some artwork. It's high school up now, right? Oh, at SLC? SLC. Yes. Mm -hmm. So half of our elementary buildings will have artwork, student artwork up Um at the district office from September to December, and then middle school correct goes up, and then the other half. So all buildings will be represented this school year. Um, many of our buildings also do an online art gallery, Art Sonia. So parents in those buildings, I'm sure, know because it's an online. Um, and we have purchased little things. You can get buttons yes. with your kids' and they, art. And we've kind of found out they never go away. I mean, it's no. up there forever <laughs> and ever and ever. The, the I, I internet think, is literally forever. Yes. <laughs> well, it's and I infinite. think because you can buy little things. I mm -hmm. think there's something clipped on my wife's purse still from like four or five years ago that he drew. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. One of those rare times when he allowed us to be proud of his artwork. Oh. Well, they're proud. They are. Whether or not they want to admit it, they are. They, some they of them are. just don't want the attention. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and I think, but I think that's part of, I, you guys will probably attest to this a little more than, than, than we can because you see the kids every day, but I think that's part of the fear of, of sometimes of going into an art class is you don't want that attention for what you did, whether good or bad. It's, you're pretty vulnerable when you create something. I, yeah. I see that starting about fifth grade, usually, about halfway through fifth grade. Before that, they're like, I'm the best. <laughs> they think mm -hmm. everything is the best. Mm -hmm. Well, I never and hopefully with in middle school <laughs> and in high school, the kids get beyond that a little bit. Because we try and make it a safe, you know, comfortable area where it's conversations rather than like or dislike. You know, there's reasons it's successful. There's reasons where it could be stronger. We just did something in a visual arts class where several kids had to go around with post-it notes. And they had to look at another student's work, and they had to write down two ways that it really showed success. And then another way of saying, what's a suggestion? would you say to that person and sometimes they have difficulty having that conversation but writing it down it's non-threatening and then they move on and they went to somebody else's work so by the time several kids go and then the, the original kid comes back to their work they can read these suggestions and then afterwards I went around and just said did you learn anything new yeah they gave me an idea about this part I was like I hadn't thought about that yay it didn't come from me it came from their peers right. and that can be very positive yeah, and I keep my room where you can always say something kind. You can say, I like your use of green. So sometimes <laughs> it'll be like a special needs friend, and the other kids will say, wow, I like that. a lot of green. <laughs> you know, but we keep it very positive. I think that's what my kids say when I draw stuff, actually. That, they, that's they what I like get, your the, same, green. the same thing. That's a lot of something. That's a lot of sharp angles, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
But Jenny, what you just said, I think that goes back to the very beginning of this conversation where you were talking about that important lesson of learning mm-hmm. to constructively mm-hmm. critique and to accept it, whether it's from yourself or from your peers. Well, and if it is a constructive critique, the kids can learn from it and move on and not take it personal. And so we try and keep it positive in that way right. so that it's a learning experience. All right. Well, thank you guys very much for taking time to come and, and te- teach us a little bit about what you're teaching and, and all the cool stuff that the, the district does. I think even um, when you have kids in the district, you don't see all of what happens uh, in the art classes and what have you. And so it's a really illuminating for parents as well as non-parents what, what you brought to us today. So thank you guys for taking time to come talk with us today. Okay. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us. Thanks. talk to people about shopping local the importance of shopping local here's one great reason about shopping local is that you know the people you're doing business with they're your friends they're your neighbors they're people you go to church with people you hang out with there's no better example of that than today's sponsor bunch of blinds and not only are they great people in the community but they also are great at their business so when you need blinds or shades for your windows, interior decorating, they've got bedding, they've got headboards, mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. And the coolest thing, we always talk about this one, they even have some blinds that you can control with apps on your phone or with your voice to the Alexa or the Google. They are super cool. That is cool. Hey, check them out right in the heart of our city in downtown Lee Summit. Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. 239 Southeast Main Street. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall with hosts Jason Norberry and Nick Parker. Catch us every Wednesday at linktoleesummit.com or subscribe to Lee Summit Town Hall on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app.